I'm Krati Mehra and this is Beyond the Goals podcast. It's my attempt to help you revel in all that life has to offer without pressing pause on your hustle. We learn how to create healthier relationships, a healthier lifestyle, a career that brings us true joy and a life that satisfies us on every level. Forget the conventional ideas of success and happiness because we're going to live a life of value and create an impact that speaks to our place in the world. So let's get started. Hello and welcome back to Beyond the Goals podcast. Thank you for tuning in. I'm glad that you are here. But before we go any further, happy Women's History Month, guys. I hope you're doing something uh, to celebrate this month because I think it's a great time to read about all the women who have made it possible for the rest of us to get out there and live a more authentic, open, expressive life. So celebrate them, learn from their lives, learn from the work they have done and figure out what it is that you can do to further their message, their mission, add to the work that they started. And uh, and by the way, I'm not just addressing women here, I'm addressing everyone because uh, entire communities, economies, the whole world really benefits when women grow and progress. So let's all of us do our part in empowering women and to further that goal, in today's episode, I am talking to Catherine Fox, and together we are exploring the subject of personal power, unique strengths, and the purpose that drives us, and how its awareness can help women show up in the world with more confidence and ease. During our conversation, we also talked about supporting other women through the process, and what are some of the things we can do? When we find ourselves stuck because of a dysfunctional narrative or a misaligned belief system. And for those of you unfamiliar with our guest, Catherine Fox is a trauma-informed leadership coach, transpersonal psychologist, university lecturer, and skilled facilitator for personal and collective transformation with more than 12 years of international working experience. During the course of this episode, we learn more about how Catherine is helping women step into their power through Women Rising a personal and professional development firm that Catherine established in 2020. It's dedicated to helping female leaders and visionaries increase their impact from the inside out. And I will let Catherine share uh, more about that, more about her work and the seriously fascinating, almost magical experience that led Catherine to the work that she does and her personal mission with Women Rising. So let's dive in. So once again, Catherine, thank you so much for making time for this episode. Can you share like a brief introduction of what it is that you do, how you're helping people? I know you wear a lot of hats, I could tell (laughs) from your (laughs) website introduction. So please tell us what it is that you do and how you're helping people. Yeah, thank you, Krati. Thank you for having me, first of all. It's really such an honor. Um, So I'm a transpersonal psychologist and I'm a trauma-informed leadership coach. So what I do is really I design and deliver vertical leadership development programs. And I do that both in a corporate arena. I also teach in university and in my own business, which is called Women Rising. I really do that for female visionaries and conscious entrepreneurs. And my work is essentially about birthing a new paradigm of conscious female leadership that is really rooted in love and presence and in innate sense of power wholeness and sovereignty and that requires of course a lot of inner work 
It means um, it requires us to meet ourselves on a very deep level. So shadow work, for example, is a very essential part of the work I do, deep dive personal development. So it's really about peeling off the masks that, that right. we wear and really that cover up our truth so that we come back to our essence, come back into our center and um, lead from a place where we are really connected to who we truly are. And that's the one part. And the other part is really about expanding consciousness. And by that, I mean to, be, to become able to hold more or multiple perspectives, to hold more tension, to hold more complexity. And um, yeah, I believe this is actually what we need the most right now. If we look into the uh, current happenings in the world, yeah. leaders that are able to do that really. And so the work is really coming down to helping, especially female leaders, navigate this ever-increasing complexity and uncertainty on the outside by turning inwards and finding a sense of peace and power within themselves that is independent of external circumstances. That's really very beautiful what, what it is that you do. But may I ask, like, what are the techniques that you focus on? Like, what is your key techniques and tools that you focus heavily on? Yeah, so I think it, it goes very much um, beyond tools, even though that's part of it. Like, for example, at the moment, I'm running a year-long program that's called Conscious Leadership Accelerator. And within this year-long program, I offer monthly online courses, trainings that have different um, uh, different focus each each month. So, for example, this this month we have the focus shadow work. So we go really really deep. Like the work that I do has always is always a combination, you could say, of training on the one hand. So I'm also delivering a lot of um, knowledge and theory, like uh, rooted in depth psychology, female psychology, uh, transpersonal psychology, but also business leadership, energetics. So that's the one part. And then there is always a very strong experiential part that is really about helping people experience these things from the inside out and transforming also from the inside out. So really stepping into that, like in the shadow work course, for example, we had yesterday the second module and it was like a four hours module where we really, really dove deep very deep into the parts that they have exiled, that they have uh, banned from their con consciousness, you know, because we had to, we all have these parts of ourselves that we have disidentified with, that we have disowned, yes. emotions that we have disowned, that we had to disown in order to survive in the circumstances that we grew up in, right? And so it's really about uh, tapping into this place of course, in a safe and gentle way and to reclaim because there's also a lot of potentials that we have pushed down and reclaim these potentials and start to embody them again. So that's part of the work. But then, for example, um, next uh, in two months from now, I will uh, deliver a course on, on um, transformational coaching. And that's very much um, directed towards coaches that really want to deepen their craft. So going beyond mindset work, for example, or going beyond um, templates, as I call it, like worksheets and mm -hmm. templates and really helping, really learning how to hold space for another human being to really right. enter that what you also say like really deep emotions you know it's an art i believe to know how to hold space for someone else and to really witness yes. someone and to also understand for example a little bit more about trauma and how trauma shows up in coaching sessions because that's something that i believe 
will come even stronger in the future that that the coaches will have to have this knowledge right and to know how to navigate that um and to because it's also important that we have this knowledge in order to not re-traumatize somebody and um, at the same time to um, also do that with ourselves first of course to heal parts of ourselves that we haven't healed yet um, so that's um, I don't know whether I answered your question now correctly, but this is what I what I what I do, and and there is uh, there are other programs in the future um, that will come up this year. That one program, for example, is called Roots, where we go very deep into ancestral healing and systemic healing, right. and where we also look at uh, how the ancestral ties or family ties sometimes stop us from stepping into this greater version of ourselves, because as you know. Um, most probably, I mean, we are no island, so we are part of a family system and our family of system, of course, there are a lot of family patterns and there are, our family systems are governed by systemic principles. One of these principles, for example, is the principle of order. And it, it makes a difference whether you're the firstborn or the thirdborn energetically. And if you are, for example, not in the right place, so to say, um, or if you are a parentified child, and by that I mean you feel like you have to take care of your parents as a parent, then this creates symptoms in the family, but also in your own life. And it will um, lead you to kind of feel um, less powerful in, in, in sourcing your true potential, which you are in that case, because you're losing a lot of your energy in this entanglements. And so it's about distangling you from that and having gaining a deep understanding of that, gaining a deep understanding of how maybe ancestral trauma plays a role in the blockages that you experience. So it's it's deep work. <laughs> it's deep work. Yeah. yeah, it is. It's very involved and profound, and I love it. I love everything you've shared, and I can see how it's going to immensely help the people who work with you. Uh, may I ask, Catherine, is there some story behind what led you to the place you are in your life? Because there's always a story, right? <laughs> Something that drives us to do the work that yeah, we do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Yeah, there is there is a story behind that, of course. Um, and okay. um, actually, I shared this story for the first time last month in the training. I've never shared it publicly before, but I'm happy to share it actually right now. Okay, great. So that story is really, I was born into a family, I think like so many from us, that, um, well, I would say I felt a little um, like a stranger in my own family for a very long time. And I was born a very highly sensitive child. I I felt like I was born with a lot of deep knowledge, deep wisdom that I wanted to share and I wanted to bring in. And, and my parents, and they are wonderful parents. I don't want to, um, you know, say anything bad about them, but they they had right, difficulties to meet me in the place that I was at and where, you know, they they loved me the best way they could, let's put it that way. Of but course. it was not not necessarily what I would have needed um, I didn't feel seen. I didn't feel welcome in the way I, I, I hoped for, I guess. And at the same time, I was a, a deeply spiritual child and my family was not like in any, by any means spiritual. Um, so they were kind right. of a little bit <laughs> overwhelmed by my very profound spirituality and deep connection to what I call God and independently from any sort of religion or so. And when I was... Um, I must have been around five or six years old and um, I 
like during that time, I, I I felt a lot. I felt not only my emotions. I felt the emotions of my surrounding. I felt the like I felt the collective. I believe that's what I believe today. Of course, at that time right. I didn't know that. But I woke up one night and um, I was crying and 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 speaking to God. And I I said, you know, I really don't want to be here. It's such a cold place. And I didn't just mean my family. I, I meant really the yeah like the world I, I I felt completely um lonely and alone in 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 this in this in this world and I said I don't want to feel this pain and this coldness and I want to I, I basically say I want to leave right and that was a moment when I experienced something quite extraordinary and you would probably call that a some sort of a spiritual epiphany or experience where I um yeah, was basically wrapped um, in, in a love and in a light that is was absolutely outerworldly, beautiful, uh, a warmth. Uh, it, it was, it's hard to articulate or to put into words, of course, an experience like that. But it was um, deeply, yeah. yeah, it was amazing. It was very special. And in this, in this experience, I heard the words that I'm exactly at the right place, that I'm this is where I'm supposed to be, that that I was needed in this world at this time and that everything is exactly as it's meant to be. And I was shown images, and this is my point that I'm trying to get to here. I was shown images of myself um, as a grown-up woman and I saw myself speaking to people and I saw myself speaking to groups and I saw the effect that what I obviously said, it was not so much about the content. I could see that it was more about something about my voice, something about the energy, whatever it was, something that came through me in that moment. It wasn't about me really, but um, being kind of a channel for something greater in that moment. And um, it was important. I could see that whatever, whatever it was that I was doing there, it was important. And, um, and this vision was really so, yeah, it was such an awakening moment, you could say, that it really carried me through my childhood, through my youth, and also through my adult years. Yeah, it was like this North Star, you could say. It was like a compass, something that I felt like was I was here to do. Um, and I knew that it had to do, and, and, and I think that's why I started very, very early in my life to become very interested in this topic of psychology, spirituality, um, personal growth. It was, I actually cannot remember a time where I didn't have this interest, <laughs> to be honest. So I was, it started very early, right. like the first book I ever bought with my own money, and I must have been around 11, was a book on meditation. And I had no clue wow. was what meditation was, but it felt yeah. like it was another one of this inner like guidance or like moments where I just yeah. felt like this is what I want or need to learn. And, and then I went into this book shop and they only gave me a book that was actually written for, for, for adults. But anyway, I still have it. Um, and yeah, so... In a way, my, my, my path always felt uh, very much uh, guided by something greater or like. So, yeah. yeah. Did you uh, read the book and start meditating? Yes, sure, sure, I did. I actually uh, spent a lot wow. of. Okay. I, I spent a lot of years uh, studying meditation, and I also spent a lot of weeks already in silence and on mountains. <laughs> it's something that I actually do from wow. time to time to really. Um, 
yeah reset you could say and really kind of connect uh, to the silence yeah to myself it's something i long to do be alone at in the house be alone on a mountain dog would be my idea of heaven <laughs> yeah yeah i actually was in the himalaya so you are very close to that <laughs> you should be able to do that yeah yes wow this is so thank you so much for sharing the story when did you have this experience how old were you at the time i think i was it's really hard to remember but it, i must have been between five and seven and i i i think i was around six years old um wow but it was really very early. So it was not, um, I was definitely not older than that. Yeah. Yeah, that's incredible. And that really, I'm sure that set you apart for you. Because to have an experience like that at that young an age, it's amazing. But yeah. also so beautiful. I, I love that. I love your, like, I love what has led you here. It feels like you have such a genuine connection to what it is that you're trying to create in the world so i love that thank you for yeah. sharing that story actually there's there's a second part to that story if you want to okay. hear it um yeah of course because i already mentioned that i spent a time in silence from time to time and a couple of yeah. years back because this was actually a turning point in my career as well I had been already doing like coaching and, and leadership development, but I hadn't been working with women. Um, and a couple of years back, I spent uh, several weeks in a, in a monastery and on my own. And during that time, I also received another vision. And that vision um, was about, um, I was actually told that I would have a daughter, you know, the daughter that we talked about before we started. Um, I was actually told <laughs> yes. I would have her. <laughs> And yeah. um, I was told that with with her arrival, like with her coming, I would remember my purpose. And I asked at that time what my purpose would be about. And and the words that I was hearing were women rising. And um, so that became later on my brand yeah. or my company. Yeah. But it was at that time... Um, I. It, because that's interesting part of the story. I couldn't imagine that actually. And the reason for that was because I had so many difficult experiences in the past with women. Yeah. Okay. And and so I was uh, I couldn't even imagine that I would really go down this road <laughs> working with women. And uh, but it was yeah, it was meant to happen and it did. And of course I had to before I could do that actually, I had to confront a lot of my own shadows my own woundings yeah, sure. my own you know especially when it comes and this is not just individual but also the collective the sense of inferiority um that's sometimes very hidden but you know that it has something to do with seeing women as less than um i, I actually discovered that even in myself despite being a woman myself and being you know yeah. being highly trained and competent and whatever but I, it was part of my kind of um yeah, it was hidden inside of me. And and so was my fear of women as well, you know, yeah. not really like the sisterhood wound um, that many of us experience through this constant competition and comparison yeah. and yeah. having the sense of that there is not enough space for all of us to shine and to do the work that we came here to do. So I yeah. really had to address all of these uh, fears and uh, wounds inside of me to to actually become able to do this work and when i when i did now it's really part of the work that i do with with and for other women as well yeah 
Yeah, no, that's understandable. I think we have all had to learn our limitations and our capabilities at some point in our life before we could show up as a whole person. I think that's that's something I had to learn. I think I was very resentful of my fellow women because I always thought that if they weren't the way they are, I wouldn't feel so different because I was always like I was always the weirdo. So I never really belonged. I didn't have friends till I was 21 years old. So I always thought yeah. that if they weren't the way they are, I wouldn't be such a misfit. But that was never really the case. I, while I was very vocal about not fitting in, other women weren't. But I'm sure ev- pretty much everyone must have felt that way. Like we don't belong. That is something universal to humanity. We all at some point in our life feel like we don't belong and we have to find that sense of belonging as we grow. So yeah, I, I completely get where you're coming from. It makes, but I'm glad you got here. I'm glad that this is something that you actively work on and that you're helping other women also work on because I, I think it's, despite all the progress that we have made, the world is still more difficult and challenging to navigate for women and it helps if at least your fellow women are not tearing you down. That's something I feel very strongly oh, that's, about. I, I, I am so glad that you're saying that. And I totally, I totally agree. And I think it's actually something that we can be vocal about because it's the truth. It is, yeah. you know, especially, and to be honest, as a, as a mother and as a single mother um, of a two-year-old that runs her own business and does so many things, yeah. I experience yeah. that every single day. And, um, and also this, and this is what I actually mean with the sisterhood wounding, you know, to, I mean, who, who, who benefits from, from us not joining forces? It's definitely not we as women. Yeah, yeah exactly. And, and and I, I really believe that that's and that's part I think of this new paradigm of leadership that it is not about one person on the top, you know, it's not yeah. about um, it's either me or you. It's really about holding hands while we rise together, and uh, you know there can never be enough yeah. awakened, strong, conscious female leaders out there. Actually, we yeah. need more, 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 yes. more. Absolutely. Agreed. You've put it beautifully. So if I were to ask you at this point, you know, considering you've shared so much of what the work that you do, uh, how you got here, your story, would you please share with me, like, what is the change that you want to see in the world? What your mission is with your using your story, channeling the power that it gives you, the work that you're doing, the tools that you're creating, the programs and offerings that you're creating, the people you're connecting with, what it is that you are trying to do here? What's your mission? Yeah, thank you for asking this. Um, so my mission is really about birthing this new paradigm of of right. leadership and leaders, because I believe that we are at a well pivotal time in, in human history, yeah. and we are in a in a situation right now. And I'm sure you and your listeners will agree, where so many old structures and paradigms are crumbling, like the whole. The old house, so to say, is on fire. And it doesn't make sense to paint the walls right now. And it's really about now, it's really about we have to rethink how we do life, how we do schooling, how we do work, how we do business, how we do relationships. We have to reinvent how we do these things if we want to survive as a species. And I believe really... Um, speaking to this topic of belonging again, that there are so many 
people right now that carry the future already inside of them. They carry the blueprint of the future. They carry the blueprint of this new paradigms inside of them. And that's why they feel so weirdo sometimes because they are, yeah, yeah, they are not here to bring more of the old. They are here. Their medicine is really something that might feel a little bit even ridiculous at times, you know, in the world that we are living in right now, but it's actually what we are needing the most right now. And so my work is really about reminding these people now, these women, of that what they are feeling in their heart, this calling, that they are here to contribute something meaningful, that they are here to make a difference. It's true. It's true. Even yeah. if they don't know yet what it is about, it's not about that because they will actually find that because sometimes... It's really about trusting that especially like the topics that you're passionate about, the topics that you even struggle with, you know, yeah. a lot in your life, they are often the doorway, the portal that lead you to, to your purpose, right? Yes, absolutely. And, and so my vision is really, or my mission is really about helping these women to step into that leadership and to make the difference that they came here to make. Yeah. Beautiful, amazing. I think if we all were to tap into our uniqueness and really just allow that power to unleash and we were to just take pride in it and put aside all the self-doubt, what a world we would be living in. I mean, can you imagine? Yes. It would be such an incredible, goofier world and I would love it. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Yeah. And we actually need it. I think it's actually a matter of, uh, of, of survival. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, everything is so up in the air right now politically speaking so far as our bodies are concerned so far as our relationships are concerned ever since the pandemic happened things are so up in the air nothing is certain anymore you are battling with insecurities with a sort of a sense of being adrift almost constantly now and I think while of course there is pain to that there is a sort of uh, there is an ugliness to that of course there is but there's also I think this is an amazing opportunity for all of us to explore what we stand for what we believe in how we want to show up in the world yes and what we want to contribute are we even contributing anything at all and if we are whether it's something beautiful or whether it's something you know that's holding us back and we're just you know feeding it we are just making more of it more insecurities more uncertainty in the world so i think this is a good time to do all of that and i'm, I'm glad that you're part of it I couldn't agree more. I could like, I want to say yay, but then it would be too loud. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. But yes, you have my full support on that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And I think, you know, as everything becomes more uncertain, complex, ambiguous on the outside, the more we need to find this inner anchor. We need to find this innate sense of power and 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 purpose that is independent from the, from the circumstances and for that and this is my point for that we need to turn inwards and actually confront what we have been running from yeah because if we are not confronting ourselves first you know and really kind of cleaning up what's going on inside of us then we cannot anchor in our true being and yeah. our true essence i'm so glad yeah. you said that that's actually like in my coaching program that's the first thing like that's the that's part of the first session that we do finding your anchor because to me that's if you have an anchor life is going to be somewhat easier and you will be able to create meaning without feeling as threatened as certain people do 
I think that would, yeah, that's something that I love working on. And I'm glad that you mentioned it here. Yeah. 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 I love, I, I love that they do that. And that's the thing, because what, what happens when people feel threatened? That's what we are seeing right now. Yep. Right. Yep. 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 That's, that's very true. You brought it full circle. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Okay. Let's, let's talk about, like you said that you do shadow work. That's as we talked about all of what you do, it's all of it is very involved process and it's not easy. So to the people who are listening who are not yet ready to involve a second person into their journey or not yet ready to commit to a coaching program, what do you recommend to them? How can they begin the process of self-exploration that can lead them to their purpose? So it always starts with noticing, <laughs> noticing what is actually happening and assuming full self-responsibility. So instead of blaming your environment, instead of blaming anyone out there, you know, for the circumstances in your life, for how you are feeling, assuming full responsibility means that you really see the source of everything within yourself. Because this is where your power truly lies to actually um, affect and create a difference for yourself. Right. And then it's really about when we speak about shadow work or how could you do that for yourself, ask yourself what people are actually triggering me, you know, right. what people are activating me and, and ask yourself, why is that? Why do they trigger me? Because most often um, we are all, and we are all doing this, it's a very human thing. We are projecting our own disowned parts um, and topics onto our environment meaning like if there are certain parts about yourselves that you don't want to identify with that you don't want to acknowledge as self or part of self you right. will start to see them around you where you can actually reject them where you can condemn them where you can yeah. judge them right yeah and the same, by the way, is true with your potentials. If you're not ready yet to really see your own power and your own beauty, you know, you will start to project it outwards and you will see it in others. And then you will start to admire, to worship or to envy. Yeah. And um, so all of that are signs, you know, that you're not really grounded in your own being. And by, by seeing these things as almost as signposts, that lead you back to yourself, you can reflect or journal on these questions. Why, you know, what do I admire about that person? What do I see in her? There is an old saying that says, when you spot it, you got it. Okay. <laughs> so um, I love that because, you know, if you, for example, spend a lot of time gossiping or judging other people, you know, yeah, it says a lot about you. Sorry to say that, but it says a lot about you and about what you're not wanting to acknowledge about yourself. It's a lot. It's, it's hinting towards your own shadows. And the same is true when you're only, you know, seeing the good in others and not in yourself. You know, you're disowning your own power and potential. So taking yep, that back, yep, back yep. is part of it. And as you ask me, you know, how does this lead us towards our purpose? I want to say that there are two portals, I would say, that can lead us towards our purpose. And I want to say something about purpose first maybe, because there are a lot of myths around purpose. Uh, purpose is not necessarily something that you do. We have this idea in mind that, you yeah. know, when I find my purpose, then I know what to do. But I would say sometimes your purpose is less about doing and more about embodying a certain quality. So it can be sometimes that it's more like, you know, you're just here to embody a 
a love that you know is very special or like or a, a positivity that is very unique to you so um restrain from that thought that it always has to do something with the work you do or sometimes it's more about who you are and um, the second thing i want to say um, is that you cannot miss your purpose your purpose is everywhere in your life it's like a golden thread woven throughout your life if you really look at yourself and this brings you back again um, and really pay attention you know pay attention to your struggles to your woundings to your passions to your what interests you if you if you open a newspaper what is it that draws you in right what yeah. what is it that calls you what 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 is it where you lose time what is what are these things very often our purpose um, has something to do with things that we do so naturally and so beautifully that we are not even aware that we are doing it right yeah. so yeah. for example when you have always been um, a good communicator well, you do, you communicate great and you're not even aware that you're doing it, that this has something to do maybe with your purpose. Or if it is more related to your struggles, you might have had struggles with your health all your life. And you actually always saw that as the reason why you cannot find your purpose or not live your purpose. When in fact, this struggle with your health is maybe the gateway towards your purpose because it right. might lead you to start to research about alternative medicine, about mind-body connection, about, you know, many things that we have never gone down the road when you have would have not had the struggle. So um, I believe your purpose is everywhere. It's really about opening your eyes to it and starting to see what is already there. Yeah, beautiful, wonderful. And as we set out on this path, what do you think holds us back? And especially when it comes to women, what are some of the factors that delay our growth or that keep us stuck? Yeah, that's that's a very interesting question. I think that especially when it comes to, to women, we are very often stuck in the good girl. So we have been conditioned um, to, to be good rather than powerful. And I actually did a full-blown academic research on the on the dark feminine because I really got interested in this, you know, what 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 are these aspects of the feminine wholeness that we have learned to suppress and to cast out and that we have also been banned for and shamed for and even killed yeah. for for centuries, yeah. right? And um I believe that it actually comes down to a couple of archetypes that um and with archetypes I mean for the listeners who don't know that, that's really a pre-existent pattern in our collective psyche that functions like a template in our own, meaning that when a certain archetype gets activated, you start to feel and behave in a certain way. And so there are certain archetypes that we have kind of banned and banished. And one of them is the seer, uh, the seer archetype. So it's really about connecting to your intuition, to seeing beyond, you know, to allowing yourself to know more, um, then you you know you 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 know from your uh, school books so to say yeah um, to really connect to this inner voice to your intuition to, to something that is um, yeah that's between the worlds so to say and then the the second archetype is definitely the Kali archetype you notice you as an Indian know more about that than me but it's really about our yeah the fierceness and the power and the 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 sacred rage it's really about um it's really about taking a stand for something greater 
setting boundaries, actually using the power that lies in our anger to know how to actually access our anger and to uh, channel it into something positive, right? Uh, that's something that many women have actually uh, unlearned, so to say. They have lost access to that uh, part of themselves. And that's why we often land in codependent relationships where we uh, basically give up our boundaries and our own space and um, where we actually don't dare or don't have the audacity to speak up for what we believe in. So that's part of it. Then there is the archetype of the sensual, sexual woman. So it has something to do with our sexual energy and sensual energy and about really learning to tap into pleasure again. So many of us are kind of um, trapped in this functioning mode, right? We, we very much tap into our inner masculine a lot. We have very much over-identified with the masculine in terms of like, well, studying and doing and hustling and pushing and kind of trying it to do it all at the same time um, while kind of disconnecting to, to this principle of pleasure and receiving and ease and really tapping into that again. I think that's an important part. And then the last one is really the priestess, I would say. It's really about connecting to something greater and to the to nature as well and to being informed by something that, you know, where your work becomes service and where your work becomes um yeah, love and action. Yeah. I think if um, the listeners really listen to what you are saying, you've just handed them uh, structures, you've handed them uh, sort of a pamphlet to what is, you you know, might be your fears there. Because all of it, everything you've mentioned, the untapped rage, you know, I think there's a fear of emotion there. We are so afraid that once we let go, we won't be able to rein it in. Yes. Then there is the fear of sexuality. Your sensuality is something that is so, like, so many women suffer from that and it just it's you have to think about it like this it's you actively repressing a part of yourself a major part of yourself and that's not going to end well for anyone so you know we think of sexuality as something almost indulgent decadent almost but it's not it is a part of you like anything else like any it's other life hunger. force exactly yeah yeah, it's life so force. It's amazing. I loved your answer. I think you have just given like a process here, a step, some steps here that can really help people. So you start with self-exploration and then you keep all of the all of what you've mentioned in your head so that as and when you hit a bump, you can, you know, think about what Catherine has shared here and wonder if, you know, this is what's happening to you. If you are actually sort of coming across something that you have compelled yourself to repress, unlearn, so that you can dive into that before you take on your next challenge i think that would be very helpful what do you think i love yeah i love what you say yeah that's exactly it it's i think we don't always have to heal everything before we step into leadership because that's another thing you know we we as women are sometimes also too humble and too oh i you know waiting for the permission from outside right um to kind of step into this greater version of yourself but it's really i think that's another thing that in my work um i find super important which is you know we have learned to kind of um constantly look left and right. So what is what are the others doing, right? And this is how we orient ourselves in the world. That's fine, but, <laughs> or and. <laughs> and at the same time, it doesn't bring us any closer to our own genius, 
Why? Because yeah. we are, you know, there is this big thing at the moment in Instagram to, yeah, calibrate to that person and to this energy and so on. And then it magically kind of the stardust falls on you and you become this uh, magic superwoman. But I believe, <laughs> seriously, it's start to calibrate to your own highest expanded version of self. Start to that that is already in the room with you. Start to see, initiate yourself, allow your higher version your, your most expanded version to initiate you into your true power because it's already here with you in the room. Yep. It's yep. not somewhere in the future. It's she is here and allow her to inform you, allow her to guide you instead of just, uh, you know, calibrating to others or comparing yourself to others and trying to copy them or whatever that leads you further away from your true power and who you're being and who you're meant to be in this world. You are absolutely unique. You are unique in in everything and in every way. And I know we sometimes think when we look on social media, oh, she already does that, so I cannot do that. Or she's already talking about that and I cannot do that. And I, you know, and I just want to tell you, nobody will talk about this topic like you will because you are absolutely unique in the way you are. And um, so rather take the time and the, 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 the space to step into your own genius. I think that's so, so, so essential. Yeah, that's so true. You've put it in a very inspiring way. I hope it drives people to act on what you've shared here, the education that you've imparted here, because I really feel that I want to meet every person I, in a very genuine way. I want to meet them as they are. I don't want them to meet me in a way where they are channeling someone else. I know I've done it. Like I grew up envying my elder sibling and his popularity, social popularity, as I, as I shared with you, I didn't have mm. friends. So I thought if I could be more like him, I would be, I would have friends, I would have social popularity. Well, I did that. I learned I don't want to be socially popular. It's just not something I want. It uh, stifles me even. And I really ended up not liking myself very much throughout <laughs> that period. <laughs> But I'm a very analytical person, so I tend to notice these things. But you can almost make a habit out of wearing a mask, which is very dangerous for your mental health, for your relationships, for how you even show up in the world. You are robbing the world of your essence. And please just don't do that. It's really not okay. Yeah. Since we are encouraging people to be, you know, more of who they genuinely are, show up as their very genuine self... They, of course, we have already recommended self-exploration and you've given so many pointers here that can help them on the process, with the process, sorry. Uh, so, but when we do try to show up as who we are, if you don't like who you are, if you find it difficult to even so much as look in the mirror, there's of course a lot of healing to be done. Yeah. Is there something you can advise here, something that people can do that would help them heal those uh, painful emotions heal those open wounds, those hang-ups even? It, the thing is, you know, I believe that deepening our self-love is one of the most, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's one of the hardest but most essential things. And the reason for that is, of course, lies very often in our, in our upbringing. Because um, we have not learned to accept ourselves the way we are. So many of us confuse yeah. Yeah. confidence with self-worth. And there's a difference between feeling confident and feeling worthy. 
And many people say they want to feel more confident, yeah. but confidence means that you trust in your own abilities. And that's something, you know, you can do by just doing the things, going, you know, stepping into it and experiencing yourself as capable. And that's how confidence grows. Or also when you are impeccable with your word, meaning that when you say you do something and you follow through, that's also building your confidence. You know, you learn to trust yourself. You learn to trust your own abilities. So that's confidence. But worthiness or like feeling worthy, self-worth um, is way deeper. And it's basically about you know, am I a lovable person? Do I matter? You know, am I, am I good the way I am? And that actually requires, first of all, to detangle our self-worth from things we have, um, we have it identified with. So for example, many of us, especially women, have learned to equate their worthiness with their looks, right? So only when I look a certain way, right. then I'm worthy right? Then I'm lovable, then I'm good. Um, the same is true for the topic of performance. Oh, only when I perform well and when I'm a good student or when I'm, you know, having a great career or if I have that many followers, then I'm worthy, then I'm, you know, lovable and then I'm good. And I think it's such an essential work that we need to do or to, we need to actually um, acknowledge or recognize that this connection that we have, these ties that we have created there, they are not serving us. And it's not, they are not even true because your looks don't say anything about your worthiness. You have been born worthy. You have been born inherently worthy. You are a human being. The, the, your worth is part of who you are being. That There is nothing that can take that away from you. It's actually a deep-seated belief yeah. that was taught, that you kind of maybe not even explicitly taught. Maybe nobody ever told you that you're not worthy, but you kind of concluded it because of certain events in your life. And it's really about coming back to this place where you see I am worthy no matter what. Nothing can change that. Nothing in the world, nothing that I do. Maybe, maybe it helps you when you think of, of someone that you really love, someone that you really appreciate, a good friend maybe. Just think whether it would change anything for you, whether this person is you know, a superstar or whether she is you know, a cleaner. You love that person. It doesn't make, it doesn't make a difference, right? When I think of the friends that I really love, of course, I'm happy for them if they succeed with what they, you know, what they want to succeed in. But it doesn't change anything for me when they are not, you know, or whether they look beautiful and, and, and have a beautiful makeup on um, or whether they are just sitting there in their pajamas next to me. It doesn't change how I see them, right? right I see them course. through the eyes of love. So it cannot... Um, yeah, so just to, I don't know whether this helps, but uh, this is just something. That uh, does help. Yeah, that does help. Looking at yourself and finding that core of love for yourself that I think it is the most fundamental thing that you have to do as you explore your psyche, your emotions, your purpose, your needs and wants and how you want to show up in the world. You're going to encounter bits and pieces that that you don't love about yourself. Yes. If you can't get to that place of love, you at least have to get to a place of peace. Yeah. Yeah. So you have to, as you said, what you've shared is actually brilliant. It's 
it's brilliant in its simplicity, but I think its simplicity is one of the reasons why people don't think about it. Even though it is like a very commonly shared advice, think about the people you love. If they were going through what you are going through, would you want them to stay in that place of sadness and or anger or resentment or whatever it is that you're feeling? Would you want them to stay in that place? Wouldn't you want them to feel the love that you feel for them? Feel it coming from within themselves, not having to look at you for that love and support. So show yourself the same love and support that the people who love you constantly send your way. Is, is, have I captured the sense of what you're saying here? Yes, absolutely. And I think, Rati, maybe what also helps is to think of yourself not as you're not one, like your psyche does, is not just one being. You consist of so many personalities, sub-personalities, so to say, so many parts, right? And there is there are certain parts that are a little louder and other parts that are more quiet. And so there might be, you might have a very strong inner critic, right? Someone that is very um, harsh on yourself, so to say. And and that's the part that may be more uh, dominant in in your psyche right now. And that's why you, you're really hard on yourself and you're judging yourself a lot and you have a hard time loving yourself. But, and this is the thing, there are also other parts inside of you. And there are parts inside of you that can look at yourself with way more compassion and love. Yeah. And and to, to bring them forward Yes, you can do what I just said. Think of someone that you love because this is where the per- you know this part is being activated. Or just maybe think of yourself as a little baby. See yourself, close your eyes and, yeah. and see yourself as a little baby and go to this little baby and, and take her into your arms and hold her and really um, you know give her the sense of security and love that she maybe never experienced. And you know, so bring that loving caring motherly part forward and learn how to reparent this inner child that maybe never saw how beautiful she is because nobody told her tell tell yourself tell yourself and um, whoever has had a baby um, on its arm knows you know how easy it is to love a baby right it's so it's so easy so give yourself that love you deserve it yeah. Wow, that made me a little sad, a little weepy. <laughs> but yeah, I, I hope that really, I hope that helps anyone who's struggling out there. It's such an unpleasant, isolating place to be in. So I I wish I could reach out to every single person that's going through that and pull them out of it. But that, since that can't be done, this is really the best thing we can do for them. And I really hope it helps. And um, I have um, another question in the same you know, around this. So we can, um, you have shared so much about how we can manage our inner critic, how we can manage the sort of more painful emotions that we encounter as we explore ourselves. But when the negativity that's coming at us is coming from someone else, is is coming from external voices, how do we keep all of that, all of that negativity from pulling us down or away from our path? Yeah. So I think first of all, um, if you can leave that situation, leave it. Because yeah, it's, it's very important also to allow yourself to set boundaries. You know, there is no need to suffer through something just to, pr- to prove something to yourself or anyone else. So if you find yourself in a relationship or in a family dynamic that is very unhealthy um, and it tears you down a lot, then sometimes, it's, sometimes it can be better to leave that situation, even if it might be tough 
uh, in the beginning to do that. But, um, you know, it's really about putting ourselves first sometimes and loving ourselves in how we navigate our relationships. And, and the second thing is if you cannot leave the situation, then at least establish something like an energetic boundary, meaning you have a choice. Just imagine, you know, just imagine that you internally step back and then see whatever this person says to you landing in front of you. So it's not hitting you, but it's basically like, like a pile of rubbish in front of you. Yeah. And you yeah. can look at it from the outside. You decide whether you let that come close to you or not. Right. Yeah. The person you might cannot stop the person in saying harmful or hurtful things to you, but you can decide whether you take that in, whether you make it you make it your truth or make it, you know, um, take it to heart. So um, maybe this this image helps you that you allow these words basically to drop to the floor in front of you. Yeah. Like, a, you know, like something. And so you can look at it from the outside and you decide what you want to take from that and what you don't want to take from that. Yeah, that, that's a, actually a pretty good idea. I, I hope it helps people. Um, are there any resources that you would recommend that they can uh, explore to learn more about the things that we have discussed? Sure. So like if you go to my website, for example, I have two freebies. Um, there's one freebie that is actually, uh, I think, 40 pages workbook on, on finding your purpose, your soul inspired purpose. So uh, that's one part. And then there is also um, a meditation that you can download, um, which is called Becoming the Wave, which is really about kind of reconnecting and um, yeah, um, feeling that, that inner power that you actually hold and um, connecting to your uniqueness. Um, so that's, that's a second resource that I can offer for free. Also, if you, if you follow me on, on Instagram, for example, I'm posting regularly and I'm also sharing a lot of, a lot of these things for free. Um, I'm also um, providing free masterclasses from time to time. So even if you don't have the financial resources right now to invest in anything, there is a lot that, that you can consume and, and learn from by just following. Yeah. Okay, I will make sure to share uh, all of those links in the episode description. Now, my final question is, if you were allowed to give only one piece of advice to the listeners that could help them live better lives, what would that one advice be? Seek for meaning, not happiness. Because we very often, um, yeah, we are so kind of, we have this thing in our mind that we have to have a happy life. But I think uh, very few people know what that actually means to them. And so start by asking yourself, you know, what, what does a happy life actually mean? And I believe that it's not about being joyful all the time or being like, you know, in this bubbly, excited state all the time, because it's just not, you know, we are human beings. So we are going like the whole full spectrum of our emotions is part of our human experience. And that's actually wonderful. And it's uh, something we can be grateful for. But um, what you can aim for is meaning. And I believe when you, when you look for the meaning in the events that you're experiencing, you find a depth that will actually guide you um, to very profound insights. And I think this is where the, where the jewels lie, so to say, or the treasure lies. That was the amazing Catherine Fox. If you want to know more about our guest or you want to explore the resources mentioned during the episode, the links will be in the episode description. 
If you want to dive into similar content, you can find it on my website, kratimera.com. And if you enjoyed today's episode, I hope you will rate and review the show on iTunes and share the episode on Instagram. Remember to tag me at mehra underscore krati so that I can thank you for your appreciation. I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode as much as I enjoyed creating it. Now I'll be back next week. Till then, please do take care of yourself. Thank you.